Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about sex and happiness. And I'm very excited about the show because this show is, we're going to be addressing something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is educating young people about sexuality and being sex positive about it. How can you possibly, how can we possibly expect anything different to happen in our world, in our lives, if we don't educate young people to be empowered to know about their bodies, to know about what sexuality is, and so on. And it's been something that's, it's been lurking in the background for me for a long time. And uh, so today, I'm excited because I'm going to be interviewing somebody who is just this, the other side of being a young person who grew up experiencing uh, sex positivity, information about sexuality that empowered her and empowered her so much that she wrote a book. So let me tell you about her and then we'll talk about how she got to be who she is and and then later on we'll talk about the book. So her name is Gia Lynn and Gia is a pleasure, positive writer, educator and personal coach. She's fascinated by human sexuality and how that connects to our quality of life. She offers a unique perspective on pleasurable living. She has a degree in English literature from UC Berkeley and is pursuing a master's degree in sexuality studies. So Gia, welcome to Sex and Happiness. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you. And how, you know, so you have written a book called On Blossoming which focuses on incorporating principles of pleasure into sex education for youth and, um, and creates a new paradigm for human sexuality. So how did you get to do this? How did you get to be who you are and um, interested in writing a book that would empower youth into, into blossoming mm-hmm. in a positive way? How is that possible? Because most of us, even if we thought about it, which I did. <laughs> we didn't have we didn't have the guts or whatever the chutzpah to write a book about it and and go for it. As I mean, I didn't get into this. I didn't even start teaching tantra till I was fifty. So, how did you get into it and 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 start talking about it at a young age? Oh, it's a really great question. I So I grew up in an intentional community that teaches courses in communication and sensuality. And so uh, my parents and, you know, the people I was raised around, you know, were teaching information that's very sex positive and, um, you know, just about ways of relating that are going to be winning and fun in a sustainable way. And so I grew up in that environment and I, you know, very close friends. And then when I entered puberty, I had a a lot of information about how my body worked, how other people's bodies worked and just a lot of information. And, you know, so that really um, helped me a lot during puberty when there's just so many questions and so much mystery and so many changes are happening. And so really, actually, I first got the idea to write this book um, with my sister when we were about 12 and 13, uh, because we were like, man, I we want this information to be available for other people. And so um, that, that went, you know, for a while. And then <laughs> as an adult, I, you know, after I graduated from college, I really got an opportunity to look back on my life and, and realize how um, unique my experience had been with going through puberty with, you know, the ability to talk to my parents about what I was feeling and the things that I wanted and the changes that I was noticing Um, I realized how rare that was. And I realized that um, very few people get that kind of an opportunity. And so that was the initial thing that really got me going, feeling like I needed to write this book. And so um, that's what I created. So it is unique. I mean, there's, I mean, very few people can say that they were uh, 
born into or raised in a sex positive community where where they could ask anything or say anything or tell anything that was going on with them i it's not the norm um and it's you know people i people could be very surprised by that there aren't that many communities around or at least I don't know of them. I mean, maybe there are more communities around where people, uh, where where young people can ask questions about it. I, I, you know, I haven't stumbled upon too many. I just have to say, although I've tried to provide that, I, I live not in but around an intentional community here in Arizona. And a few years back, I I definitely took all the teenagers and. Uh, taught them about sexuality, which was a really fun day. And then I taught the parents afterwards what I taught the teenagers. Basically, I taught the teenagers, as, as, you know, about their bodies, about what was what changes were going to take place. And and then I talked to them about boundaries and being able to say no and being able to say yes when they wanted, because I, I educated them that they own their own bodies, that their parents don't own their bodies, the school doesn't own their body or whatever. So it was a fabulous day. And then I educated the parents about what I talked to the teenagers about. But for the most part, that isn't people's experience. They find out about things in the locker room. Um, there might be some books around that their parents give them, but whether they read them or not, who knows? You know, most people, I don't think most people know anything about sex when they embark upon it. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's kind of a a trial and error method that seems typical, which is really interesting, I think, because I think there's this story we tell ourselves like, okay, you know, kids and teens, you know, it's, it's not socially acceptable to talk to them about pleasure or really even giving them very direct language about how their bodies work. And so it's, that's so stigmatized and so taboo. And so these conversations usually don't happen until much later into the teens, if they happen at all, like you said, Uh, but then it's like, oh, you turn 18 and then you're supposed to know how to do everything. (laughs) And I really just don't think that's true. And I, you know, in the research that I've done, um, it's it's really not true. And we don't really equip people to approach um, their own sensuality or their sexual activities in a way that's going to be um, pleasurable for them right away. It's sort of like you'll figure out the pleasure part or, you know, or everybody's supposed to innately know, but it's, that's not necessarily true. So how did this set you differently? I mean, clearly you wrote about it, but how, what was really your experience when you turned 18 or let's say in your years from 18 to 21, how was life different for you than what you imagined other young people at the same time? You must've been going to school with people who had no education or didn't know anything about pleasure. So how was it for you? I mean, were you like, you were like the kid in the know? And everybody, everybody else was a kid not in the know? Uh, kind of. I mean, people would ask me like, oh, uh, you know, uh, right away I would kind of set my apart, myself apart because I was homeschooled. And I didn't know very many people at um, Berkeley that were homeschooled. <laughs> but, you know, I think I really, um, I, in that time in my life, particularly 18 through early 20s, one thing that really stands out is I didn't feel a lot of the same pressure. And and this is really went back to my early teens as well, where I didn't feel so much pressure, like I needed to, you know, either have certain sexual experiences or, or really, or even like, make certain friends or have certain, like, I, I just didn't feel like I needed to follow necessarily the same kind of social like norms or like achievements that we have. I felt like uh, confident in myself. I mean, this is something definitely grew into and developed more over time, but feeling that confidence in myself and my own body, like I didn't need to, there's a lot of stuff I didn't have to figure out. You know, I already knew um, if I wanted to have, you know, intimate situations, I had these fundamentals in place where I could, you know, ask for what I wanted or communicate openly with people um, about what I wanted. So I feel like the thing that really stands out about that time is I just felt um, 
more of an ease and less pressure about what it was that, you know, I thought I needed to be doing. Mm. So, I mean, I imagine that's true. Like I remember at 18, I decided I was going to have sex, you know, and I remember telling my father, we were walking on the beach together. And I said to him, when I go back to college, I'm going to have sex. And he said to me, okay. And by the way, it's not the best thing in the world and it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just something that should be in your life that you should have pleasure with. But, you know, you have to be responsible. That's all he said. You have to be responsible. If you, if you get pregnant, you're going to have to deal with it. If you don't and you just having sex and you, then you should have pleasure, but don't make it into something, you know, larger than life. Mm. And I thought, Mm, that's interesting. I mean, I just couldn't believe he just was so nonchalant about it. And we got back to my parents' house and my, I told my mother what my father and I had talked about. And she took out every pot and pan in the kitchen and threw them at us. Oh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a lovely conversation you got to have with your dad though. I mean, that's. that's yeah, it was nice. really good. It's something I still know and remember and experience and then my mother was so tight about what he had said to me because that was like for her that was totally out of control so she chastised both of both of us but I know that I had a pressure to get it done mm -hmm. to actually like experience what sexual intercourse was in my 18th year and I was going to do it by hook or crook. I mean, that's that was like, a good, it almost didn't matter. I mean, it did matter who it was with, but it didn't matter uh, to wait. Like I had to figure it out. So it sounds like you had an ease about it that no one I know had. Yeah, you know, that's really interesting because, you know, I definitely relate to that pressure you said about you know your 18th year because I, I write about this in the book but when I was 16 I had been dating somebody for a while and I similarly my mom and I were driving back from soccer practice and I was like mom I'm going to have sex and I I felt like you know like this is the time I'm you know old enough or whatever and you know it was interesting because she gave me the space in that conversation to really think about if that's really what I wanted to do. And she just said something like, you know, is that what you want? Or I, you know, I think that she, what I really remember the most from that is that she just let me consider what it was that I wanted without telling me what to do. And, you know, I got to think about that and I decided actually that I wanted to wait several more years until I was in another relationship with somebody who um, who I'd actually been developing a really a close friendship with over several years. And we'd already been having, you know, intimate um, experiences together, but they were they were intimate experiences where we could um, talk to each other and I could actually experience pleasure and he would experience pleasure. And there was, but there was an openness. I talk about that in the book too. Um, <laughs> But I thought, you know, I, I heard those same kind of cultural messages about like, okay, I'm 18 and now I should have intercourse. But I was actually in a position where I, you know, I didn't, I could step away from those messages and go, okay, actually, you know, what is it that I want to create? Why would, am I just going to have this, you know, intercourse because I think this is the time to have it? Or is it because it's actually something I want to feel in my body and I'm curious about and I'm ready to have. So, um, yeah. So it sounds like you didn't have the same kind of, you might've had the same pressure, but you didn't have to act on it. Exactly. Like you had a kind of confidence um, because of a freedom that you had with your parents or a freedom that you had in community that other young people just didn't have. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I think that's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah. So the pressure was like, yeah, whatever, you know, like I, I felt like I had to, I knew stuff, you know, in my head, I knew stuff. And because I was very precocious, I asked a lot of questions to the boys. I always asked questions to the boys. And then I went to the girls locker room and I talked about what I learned. 
Um, so I was like the go-between when I was going to be Dr. Ruth or whatever, you know, from the minute I found out about sex. But I, there was no free place to express that, you know. And I was very surprised when I, it was okay with my father. Um, that was shocking, actually. And then my mother's reaction was, you know, typical. It was just like, really? You're going to throw every pot and pan at us? Um, it's not going to stop me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really, I think that's a great story because it really highlights, you know, the potential that, you know, people think a lot of times, like when I tell people like, yeah, I talk to my parents about sex. I talk to them about all, really all aspects of my life. And they think, oh, that's so strange. But why is it so strange? I mean, here you have a close relationship with your father and really the power that is there where he can, you know, set you up to have such a positive you know, positive experience, like, you know, you are going to be responsible for whatever your outcome is. And, you know, he wanted you to be deliberate and be aware. And, you know, but then, you know, having the experience with your mother where, you know, that is um, in a way that's also just so understandable, too, because there is so much, you know, social stigma. And like, people think oftentimes with the work that I do, like, oh, well, if you talk to people about pleasure, they're just going to go off and they're going to have, you know, they're going to start having sex or making risky decisions and things like that. But actually, you know, the opposite's true where when people have more education, um, they are, they make better choices. They make more informed, healthier choices for themselves. So it's very- I, I hope so. I, I would definitely hope so. I that that's the whole purpose of having education. So it's not, you're not flying blind and you're also not obsessed. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we're going to take a short break in a moment. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about your book on blossoming. And I just want to uh, read a little bit about it, like a little sentence about it. So our listeners will know uh, what to expect. So you've written a book on blossoming. It hasn't come out yet, but it's coming out soon. And it focuses on incorporating the principles of pleasure into sex education for our youth and creates a new paradigm of human sexuality. Part personal essay and part innovative sex ed, this book takes on a taboo topic in our culture, backed with a compelling mixture of research and personal experience. How wonderful. How wonderful that you did this. Thank uh, you. You're welcome. It's a, it's a tremendous accomplishment uh, to write a book. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's like, it's huge. It's like birthing a baby, actually. Absolutely. It takes a long time to finally sit down and do it and write it and then get it out and have the courage to do it. So thanks for doing it. And, um, and congratulations to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to be talking to Gia Lynn about her book on blossoming and what it focuses on and more about it more of her own experience and um soon you'll be well actually you can probably pre-order it can people pre-order the book now yes you can pre-order it on amazon and barnes and noble oh that's wonderful wonderful okay so in a moment just before we go to break i want to mention i want to do a shout out about uh, the trident helix which is part of the aneros system aneros is a it's a device that uh, men can experience. It's an anal. Um, I don't, it isn't a toy. Actually, in, in their marketing, an arrow says anything else is just a toy. An arrow says not. It's a, it's a tool. It's a device uh, for um, internal stimulation for men. And uh, this is the new one. It's called the Trident. Helix, and it has uh, for men who have used the Aneros before, has a larger head for greater stimulation, and it's contoured differently. It's very unique, and something that's an amazing addition to your already sex life to for stimulation and for a new feeling. So this is my shout out to Aneros this month. So if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Gia Lynn today, and we're talking about her book, which is 
coming out, but you can order in advance. It's called Unblossoming, which focuses on the principles of pleasure and um, focusing on sex education for youth. So we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it? You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to ButterflyWorkshops.com. That's ButterflyWorkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. My question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra is safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So, I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So, if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want... Please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. We're back with Sex and Happiness. Again, I'm Laurie Handlers, and I'm interviewing Gia Lynn. And uh, Gia is a writer, an educator, and a personal coach. And um, she, we t- right now, uh, you know, she's written this new book called Unblossoming. And right now we're going to talk about what Unblossoming focuses on. Uh, but before I ask you any more, I just want to know, how is your sister conservative or progressive? Um, I don't think she would identify as either. Good. <laughs> are very different from one another, but uh, maybe we can have her on your show sometime because she has written a fiction account of a lot of the viewpoints that I talk about in my book. So Oh, that's exciting. 
we'll uh, have to call you up. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Definitely have her get in touch with me. I love that because I write fa I write uh, fiction about some of my sexual encounters. Some of my stories have been in uh, anthologies. Actually, a, a new one is coming out uh, soon. So I've written uh, in pieces about crazy encounters that I've had. <laughs> I had no outlet for them except to write about them. And then I entered them in some uh, contests to be published and they were accepted. So she and I may have a lot in common. <laughs> oh, that's great. How fun. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, what you cover and why. Like, we all know, everyone listening to the show knows that sex is a taboo subject. And lovely and luckily enough, my loyal listeners, and they are loyal, mm -hmm. um, they, they gobble up the information that I have been presenting on this show for a very, very long time. Matter of fact, I don't know anyone who's, you know, covered the subject of sexuality and happiness to the extent that I have. Um, I don't know anyone who's been doing, you know, podcasting for as long as I have on this subject. Uh, so they're hungry. My listeners are hungry and open to hear what you have to say. So let me ask you, you know, let me just start by asking you some questions. Like if, if someone was to start navigating the conversation on birds and the bees, um, what, you know, how would they go about that? How, what's the age that people should start talking to young people about the birds and the bees, would you say? You know, I think that really differs person to person. And I would say, you know, really anyone who's listening, if you're thinking about having that conversation, it's it's never too late. You can just start wherever, even if your person you're raising is, you know, in their late teens or early 20s even, you know. But I would say there are some fundamental things that happen really, you know, kind of right away, even, you know, toddler kind of age where you can start um, integrating these ideas about pleasure, positivity um, in your interactions with them. And I, I always tell people it really starts with the parent, really starts with your own mental state about how you feel about pleasure and um, bodies, body image. And, uh, you know, because one of the fundamental things I talk about is how much humans learn from observation. And it's really easy to see, you know, with um, parents and their kids. But, you know, kids will pick up um, – you know, gestures, body postures, they'll mimic their parents, basically, the different things that they notice. And really the same thing, they're also mimicking how you feel about, about pleasure, you know. And so one of the things I like to talk to people about is how really even simple ways of incorporating pleasure into your own life, you create a foundation there, and that has an effect on the people around you. So this can be really simple stuff. Like, how are you taking in your senses on a daily basis? And what are you doing to incorporate pleasure into your life? And so I, I think it starts before you actually start having, you know, an actual conversation. So well, um, I agree with you. And then but there's so many people who are so uptight about themselves. Yeah. Like my sister and I joke and say that we were the other immaculate conceptions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds crazy, but I can't, like, I could never imagine my parents, um, I, they were loving and happy and they partied and they danced and they, you know, every single picture of them, they're like beaming smiles, but I can't remember, you know, my mother being comfortable about her body or about nudity or about anything. I mean, by the time she gave me my talk, I already knew everything you know, cause I was very precocious. So I asked mm -hmm. my older cousin stuff and then I asked boys stuff and I asked everybody who I thought knew something. I, I had some older girlfriends cause I was on a, uh, in a water ballet company and the girls were older than me. And so I used to ask them things because the, the information wasn't forthcoming. Absolutely. You know, so I love what you're saying. And then it's like, well, okay. They have to come to my classes or they have to read my book or they have to go to Sherry's classes. Like they have to do something to get comfortable with their own 
sexuality, their own pleasure, their own bodies in order to have these conversations. Or maybe they should just start anyway so that their children won't be as hung up as they are. Yeah, you know, I can look like all those things you described, but I think, you know, I would say that most likely if they're listening to the show or they come across my book, you know, they're already on the right track because they are seeking more information and they're really going beyond the status quo. There's kind of like this, like, kind of interesting belief that we're supposed to, like, innately know. Like, you know, parents are supposed to be able to, like, have the talk. And it's like, you know, you're supposed to just know how to have that thing. And we're supposed to, like, innately know how to have pleasurable sex, too. It's like, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, okay, you've got the body part, so figure it out. And it's like, no, actually, there's some information. You don't, oh, it doesn't always have to be trial and error. I mean, geez, that's not the fastest way or the most fun way of learning everything, you know? So, I think um, it really just comes down to, um, you know, better educating ourselves. And, and so you're right. A lot of people, this is not a comfortable, you know, area for them. But I think most likely they're hearing these words right now. They're already on the right track. But, yeah. you know, there are definitely some some things, you know, one of the things that I talk about um, with people who are raising younger kids is, you know, a, it's a really simple thing. But giving all the vocabulary words for all the body parts. That is a really great way to start being pleasure positive from an early age. Because one of the things I realized when I was in the research phase of my book is that, you know, it's something I knew, but I hadn't really thought about how, you know, girls are not given words for their genitalia. They're given like kind of cutesy uh, phrases to refer to things or really just general um, general phrases like, you know, that are kind of negative, actually, like down there or your private place or, you know, and it makes it makes that body part unmentionable. And it's something that then you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and then so what are you what are you setting this, you know, young girl up for you're telling her that this is a place that you can't talk about and so then how can you expect her later in life to sit you know people like oh yeah ask for what you want well you really got to set them up to be able to ask for what they want they've been calling it their vajayjay for their whole life you know there's a there's a lot of different areas to that you know there's there's the vulva there's the labia there's the clitoris there's all these different parts and you know i'm not saying you need to give a full anatomy lesson to a toddler, but, you know, you can lay the foundation to make this part, um, this part of their body, something that they can talk about and that they feel right about. So that's one of those that's fundamental great. idea. That's wonderful. You know, I met a couple, oh, I don't know, a few years back when I was at Hedonism um, and they asked me, I, they came to my classes every single day at the resort and then they told me that they had a two-year-old girl and what should they do <laughs> and i said like what you know like it, it, that was too broad you know and they said well she likes to touch herself and we don't want to stop her and i said then you shouldn't stop her and you should let her know that her pleasure of touching herself is good and that there and it, that there are some places where it wouldn't be so good to touch herself. So, for example, it would be fine if she touched herself in their house, anywhere in the house, except when grandma was over. You know, like I told them to give her the uh, some constraints on where, like at school, at nursery school, or at grandma's house, or, you know, in, in a in a supermarket wouldn't be okay, but it would be okay in these five places in the, in their own house so that she could feel safe, boundaried and comfortable about touching herself, but also know that there were some places where it wouldn't be the same. And they did that. And later when I saw them, I saw them a couple years later and they told me that that worked really, really well. You know, that she felt okay with her own body and touching herself and that they had given her safety. Uh, so, I mean, I just made that up on the spot. I, I don't have children, so um, a lot of this is just theoretical about what I would have done with me, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> like I Absolutely. have to fit, 
have to second guess, you know, what I think my parents should have done. Um, so anyway, well, I just want to tell you that you reminded me of that when you were saying. Yeah, I think that's a great, yeah, that's a really great story. Cause you know, I think that really speaks to how, you know, you being educated and um, knowledgeable about this area around pleasure and sensuality, how, you know, these things become sort of fundamental and they, you know, there have an element of common sense to them. Like, yeah, you know, you didn't have a two-year-old, but you know, you knew that if you provide that kind of positive messaging around something like self-pleasure and masturbation, that, you know, that's a, that's a viewpoint that's going to be sustainable for that little girl for the rest of her life. If that she feels like that's something good, she gets that viewpoint early on. That's mm-hmm. something that's going to, you know, be a positive thing that she can tr- go back on for her whole life, you know, surrounded by all the negative messaging that we have around uh, female sexuality in particular. Yeah, really, really good. So, so um, before we go, we have to take another break th- shortly. Is there anything else that you want to, I think the, that your idea to give exact names of body parts rather than avoiding them to little girls is really, really good. Anything for boys? I think for boys, it's, it's really similar. You know, one of the times, sometimes people ask me like, Oh, who's the, you know, who's, who should read your book? And I feel like everybody should read my book because I think this information is great for, you know, all genders, people, you know, who identify as, men, women, or none of the above, you know, because this is really vital information about, um, you know, having pleasurable, pleasurable experiences. So, you know, I think with boys, um, really giving them the same messaging around um, sex positivity, their bodies being good, and also, um, you know, providing them awareness about, um, people's bodies who are different from theirs. I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of mystery about how um, girls work for boys. And so I think um, opening up that conversation is really important too. So that's something that they feel equipped about and it doesn't have to be like a mystery or unmentionable for them where they feel like, okay, you know, maybe they don't have firsthand experience about what uh, girls are like, but they can at least have the information, have that foundation there. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's a lot of mystery for girls how girls work too, because girls' mechanisms are internal. And so you can't really see how everything works. Whereas for boys, you can see it. It's outside of their body. It's it's attached to their body. So it's different. It's very, very different. And I think it's really important that both of both sets of that gets explained. It's really good. Absolutely. Really good. Thank you. So we're going to take another break here. And when we come back, you will find out how you can get this book. It's uh, not out yet, but it's, it's soon coming out. And by the time many of you listen to this, it will be out. So um, we'll find out and how you can get in touch with Gia and why you would get in touch with her for coaching. We'll find that out in the next segment. This is Lori Handlers, and I'm asking you to please stay tuned for the next segment of Sex and Happiness. We'll be right back. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han, too. Meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire. 
as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with the Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N dot com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. And say Lori Handler's told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S, for men. We're back with Sex and Happiness, and we're in our final segment. I'm speaking with Gia Lynn. And by the way, Lynn is spelled L-Y-N-N-E. So it's Gia, G-I-A-L-Y-N-N-E. So, Gia, if people want to get on Blossoming, a guide to communication, pleasure, and female fruition, how would they, uh, how do they get in touch with you, or what publisher is it? Will it be in bookstores? Do they have to order it? Will it be on Amazon? Like all those things. That's, let's talk about that first, because it sounds like everyone should get this book. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and IndieBound. So that's, those are the three online resources that you can find it right now. Um, and so it's available for pre-order and it's being published by Skyhorse Publishing. So if you just get on their website and search on blossoming by Gia Lynn, you'll be able to find the book there and that will have all the, all the outlets um, for the book. And you can also get on my website, which is gialin.com. Thank you for spelling it for everybody. That's <laughs> L-Y-N-N-E. And you can, uh, you can actually uh, find the other places for um, ordering it directly from there as well. All right. That's great to know. Um, I'm very excited for you. I didn't ask you your age because I'm not particularly an ageist. But I am going to ask you because I think it's so cool that a young person writes a really powerful book. So can I know? Yes, what? I'm 29. Okay, great. All right, so you're like you're like in Ruan's category. The guy that I mentioned earlier in the show told me that in the 20s people were having these these situations, um, which just flabbergasted me. Um, so congratulations to you. You know, for this. Is this, is this your first book? Yeah, it is my first book. And I, um, I thought it was interesting, too, that you asked me how old I am, because I actually first started writing this book when I was 13 and 14 with my sister, uh, because we wanted to provide a sex ed book for people our age so that they could, um, you know, have more information. So this book is, has been, definitely been in the works for quite a while. Wow, that is quite the story. It's awesome. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah, I get it. I really get it. I'm in the process of writing my second book. And, um, you know, it's an, it's, listen, it's an act of love, like to sit down and actually pour your heart out. You know, or in my case, I speak my heart out to somebody who captures mm -hmm. it. You know, I, I speak, and speak and then she puts it down, puts it down. So it's an, it's a, it's an act of love. It's not something to be taken lightly. Before we go, let me know if there's anything I didn't ask you, but you think, you know, if we stop talking and then we, ha you know, we hang up and then you go, ah, oh, she didn't ask me this. I didn't talk about this. <laughs> See if there's something, you know, that's a hot tip or 
um, that's just something that you want people to know and I didn't know enough to ask you it, what would that be? Oh, thanks for asking. You know, one thing I want people to know about this book, because there are a lot of, actually, there are a lot of just sex ed books out there, and there are a lot of great sex ed books out there. And one of the things when I was doing my research for the book that I realized was there weren't too many books, particularly for this age range, that were telling a personal story. There was always like this kind of distance or sort of like medical advice being distributed um, <laughs> around a very personal topic. You know, remember when I was, you know, 12 and 14, I thought, oh my gosh, I felt so uncomfortable talking about this stuff, but it was so personal. And, it, and you know, it was all about me then too. And I felt like I was the only one going through these things and it just felt, it was so intense. And so I thought I wanted to create a book that um, where I, one element of this of the book is that I talk about my own personal experience with going through puberty from different different areas about you know communication or you know menstruation or you know my own experiences with body image and I use that as a way to create a more personal connection knowing that my experience is not universal but I wanted to kind of create more of a path for the reader where they could you know, experience somebody else being vulnerable around such a vulnerable topic. So then from there, I talk about the specific philosophies that I was raised with. And then, you know, there's an addition of the um, current great information that's out there around sex ed, like, you know, the full um, 3D imaging of the clitoris. So now we can all know what the entire clitoris uh, looks like and where it's located and you know so it's a combination of those three elements so I just think that's a um, you know a unique offering that the book has so I just wanted people to know that yeah that's wonderful that's exact that's really great and very important I think it it gives um, it gives a warmth to what could be clinical and um, absolutely you know, clinical books are not they're not that interesting to Teenagers who think that they're the only ones going through whatever it is they're going through. So that's that's very beautiful that you've done that. I'm very I'm impressed. I'm excited for you. I I feel like you have this bright future. Why Thank why <laughs> why would people come to you for coaching? Who comes to you for coaching? Uh, the people who come to me for coaching are looking for a guide in this really um, a time that can be quite challenging. You know, as I mentioned, people people who are raising teens right now didn't receive, you know, very much positive, you know, messaging around their sex ed. And so they don't have, you know, that kind of guide from their own path past to, you know, facilitate these kinds of conversations. So. Right. A lot of what I do right now is, you know, just talk to talk people through this time with the people that they're raising or, you know, another uh, big area that I help people that I talk to people about is for themselves providing, you know, a path for them to lead a more pleasurable life. You know, they may not be raising anybody, but I talk to people a lot about how to approach their relationships or, you know, just their personal lives, whether it's in intimate situations or, you know, or how they relate to their own family, finding um, winning and pleasurable ways of approaching those areas of life. So that's what I coach people on. That's so good. That's why you're on the show, Sex and Happiness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're a perfect guest for me. <laughs> yeah. um, so people get in touch with you. Do they write to Gia at GiaLynn.com? How do they like actually send you an email? Yeah, Gia at GiaLynn.com. And also, I just wanted to put a plug in there that wh whoever's listening and is interested, I'm on Patreon. So you can find me there, uh, Gia Lynn. And I provide a lot of exclusive content on that page um, regarding um, information for people raising teens and also just you know, ways to lead a pleasurable life. So that's a great way. I've, I put regular um, video and um, written content on there for interested parties. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Gia, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been my pleasure to have you uh, and to know about what you're doing. I really can't wait to, 
I mean, I have my hands on the book. It's just that I have my hands on no time. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm like doing way too much, but I will settle in and get and wrap myself around the book because I'm very excited for you. And I will certainly recommend it to people who, to everybody, to people, because everybody knows somebody who's raising kids and we all know how hard it was for all of us to come up. So thank you for the contribution that you're making in this world. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's such so great to talk to a like-minded individual. <laughs> yeah. And I had no, you know, like I really had no, the only thing I had was the uh, unabashed questioning and precociousness of what actually was going on with my body. And I discovered it by hook and crook. And now I teach it to people because, you know, I want, I I have so much pleasure in my body and I have, uh, if it isn't fun or doesn't make me happy, I don't do it, whatever it is. So I have made it into a total way of life. Um, And I, I wouldn't want it any other way, but it was definitely a struggle to get here. And it would be so nice if people didn't have to struggle to get here that they could just like take it, take the easy way, read a book, speak to their kids and their siblings and their parents and everybody about it. And then just not have to struggle with it because this is who we are. If I always say this, I'll just give this to you. If we weren't meant to have pleasure, then we wouldn't have been born in skin. We would have been born Mm -hmm. in metal, wood or glass, something that doesn't feel. And, uh, you know, we have skin, we have this huge sensory organ around our body. And so we're meant to have pleasure, you know, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is Laurie Handlers. I am thanking you for being my listening audience. I couldn't or wouldn't do this without you. And I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate my guests as well. So thank you and namaste. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.